welcome back to the Simple Politics Podcast. Before we get into the episode for real, we have an addendum to place because what you're about to hear was recorded very early this morning before the events that you must know happened have happened. And I'm going to hand over to Diane and Tatten to explain what they what they thought was going to happen and how they were wrong. Mainly Tatten. <laughs> okay, so this morning I was very, very clear on this podcast exactly what was going to happen and if you listen on which i hope you will you can see just how clear and determined i was that liz trust wasn't going to resign and it hasn't aged well (laughs) that particular hot take like milk in the sahara desert (laughs) (laughs) i mean we finished recording approximately an hour before she resigned many people look at simple politics and they think well this is all right this 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 page this is probably set up by someone who's not a complete idiot and what i've done today has proved them wrong you're not an idiot i think this is how the states that we've we talked about unprecedented and if anyone's been listening to the news reports in the past uh, since 1 30 since it went live the term unprecedented has been used infinite times diana you got, you got any thoughts on this uh, yeah so again i'm blaming tatum for the whole thing <laughs> Oh, I'm taking it. <laughs> but but it's still worth a listen. We we talk about lots of other bits. But there's no you know, there's no getting away from it. We talk about Liz Truss a lot. But <laughs> mm-hmm. well, she's still our prime minister. She's still our prime minister. She's still our prime minister. It's an interesting listen because it shows how quickly things are changing. Mm. It's an interesting listen because we talk about some of the context and how we got into these unprecedented times. And it's an interesting listen because you can laugh at me. <laughs> I think then, without further ado, listeners of the Simple Politics Podcast, we will head you into the main part of the show where we can talk about Tatton's lack of being Mystic Meg, essentially. That's a deep cut, guys. If you know who Mystic Meg is, then you're as the same age as us, essentially. Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm Kobe, your host and political illiterate, and I'm joined as always by <laughs> the political professors in Tatton and Diane. Guys, it's been a long time. How have you been? Well, clearly we've been at a, a, a professor school if we've been promoted <laughs> to professors already. Well done, Diane, on pro- being a professor status. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's many elephants in the room, but we've been away for a while and there's been reasons people have moved, life has changed, and we couldn't find a time that which made sense. And in this current political environment, there's no real time to make sense. So we just thought, let's get back in there. And I think there's a lot to explain as to what's happened in the in the past few months, right? I mean, literally nothing makes sense. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. I mean, you know, my personal life doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> politics doesn't make sense. The life, life. Who knows? I think la- last time we uh, did our podcast series, we were in the kind of uh, dying throes of of Boris Johnson's government. So complete change. We now have a, a new prime minister, and it's going to be a really interesting ride over the next nine to ten weeks into Christmas. Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> is it is it a complete change? Diane, is it a complete change? I mean, we were in the dying throes of a prime minister for the last series. And I think we're in the dying throes of a prime minister in this series. I think it's bad news for prime ministers when we do a civil yes. politics podcast. I think that, that dooms mm. them. That's probably what's going on. And I think it's it's telling that we can we can now judge time by the number of chancellors ago. So four chancellors ago, we were 
<laughs> or home secretaries, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, they could make a brilliant calendar for next year, for 2023, a <laughs> chancellor per month calendar of the year. would be great. Or, I mean, or Grant Shapps' opinion of the government. Is he, is he strongly against or strongly for? I mean, that's more a way of telling the time rather than the date, because that changes <laughs> regularly. So let's run through the first segment of the podcast, which is the top posts, and we look through the last week's most popular ones in reverse order. Unprecedented doesn't cover anything anymore. And one of my favourite posts of my from my siblings, one of my brother, my brother of recent years, was he just said, "I'd like to live in precedented times. I don't like this." <laughs> I don't like this yeah. unprecedented moniker that comes with every single news story this week. I, I just like normality for like a day. Can we get that? I don't know. We all thought that if COVID ever comes manageable, we could just return to life as usual. But then we forgot, I think, that Brexit <laughs> wasn't life yeah. as usual beforehand. No. You know, these things were being sown since 2010 was the coalition government. So... We're deep into unprecedentedness <laughs> and things do spiral and spiral and spiral. Yes, yes, it's unprecedented, but that's what can be expected now. Politics has changed. And we, I mean, looking at the last political cycles, I know we haven't gone to the top post yet, but we'll get there shortly. David Cameron was in role for six years. Uh, after that, Theresa May, a couple of years. Bo- Bojo, a couple of years question mark as to if it's going to be a couple of months for uh, the current <laughs> PM. Um, I, I mean, that rate of acceleration has to be scary for the guys who want the power. Yeah, it's unprecedented. It makes it exciting. Makes, obviously, Simple Politics Instagram account an exciting place to turn up to every every hour, every minute. <laughs> I mean, the comments are ludicrous at the moment. So many comments coming through. But I think that The issue with changing all this all the time, chancellors and prime ministers, is that the real problems we face are long-term problems. Yeah. And if we're having super short-term governments, that doesn't help us solve things. Absolutely not. No, everything gets kicked on the road, doesn't it? People really want to be having answers to the cost of living crisis at the minute, don't they? They want to be having debates around, um, you know, what schools, how, how we can make those better, how we can make education better. You know, these are actual real life problems that people have. But you're right. It just all the suck of focus is on the chaos at Westminster. Yeah, it's the real people that have been affected, the, the simple politics viewers and readers and the voters uh, who have been most affected by the chaos, and that's that's the that's the disturbing thing, really here. And I mean, not to hark back on Liz Truss and her her mini budget with Quasi Quarteng, which is a shit show, <laughs> for want to want to a better turn of phrase. But because it affected the real people the the most, that's why it was you know ultimately that's why it was a shitstorm. I'm sorry to swear twice there, but I think it's it's it can't be understated. These are unprecedented times. You have to use <laughs> unprecedented language. I will. Yeah, I apologise. But let's go to the top posts, guys. This is what we're waiting for. People want to know what the most popular posts were in the simple politics feed. Uh, Tatton number three. Well, in at three was uh, this is, again we're talking about unprecedented times. This is a strike roundup. It's not unprecedented for a lot of workers to be on strike, but a lot of workers were on strike, and I. Th- Thought it would be quite nice just to have a quick look at who who was on strike. Uh, we've got postal workers, we've got railway workers, we've got beer delivery workers, we've got dock workers in Liverpool, coffin makers in Glasgow, and poor vegans, the corn factory workers in Teesside are on strike. And on that post 
we misspelt Teesside, for which I'd like to apologise, with a single S, and the comments were outraged. There was a lot <laughs> of anger at that. But then it's not just the people who are on strike. We've got people balloting on strikes. So nurses have never balloted in 120 years. They're balloting. Uh, Amazon workers are balloting. In Coventry, teachers are balloting after half term. Ambulance crews, firefighters are voting on pay. And then the comments, we said, we were very clear that we didn't know, or everyone, we said, you know, this isn't an exhaustive list. Do tell us who else. There was quite a few, like civil servants, university workers. It's not just nurses, midwives, maternity support people, uh, BT are out on strike at the moment. All kinds of just lots and lots of people are unhappy because inflation's at uh, uh, over 10%, food inflation's at 14%, and wages aren't going up with that. So if your rent is the same price, right, you're spending the same on rent, and your food's going up and your energy's going up, that's a real problem for people. So people are demanding much better paying conditions. But the companies are also feeling the squeeze. So they're making less money. So it's harder for them to say, yeah, cool. Well, the government's not got very much money spare. We all know there's not much money sloshing around. So Apart from if you're a banker, am I right? Sorry. <laughs> well, no, but, but, but the <laughs> bankers aren't paid. They're not paid no. by the government. No, and well, yeah, who, of course. Uh, and if they get massive bonuses, we tax those bonuses and we get them in. Mm. And so, I mean, there's, I think there's an element of jealousy about the banker's cap because really it doesn't affect anybody. And if we had a working system, it doesn't matter if some people are really rich, if everybody else is, does okay. I mean, looking at this strike roundup, these are essential workers. These are the people we were clapping for during the heights of COVID. These are the people who I thought, I'm good. I'm glad they're getting some respect now. <laughs> Even with like the nonsense there was Matt Hancock's green badge for care workers, for example. But these are the people who showed up day in, day out to make sure the country's running. And these are the people that have been screwed over. Kobe, Kobe, you're not looking at this in the round. <laughs> you're not. Explain. I mean, yeah, we clapped for them because they mattered. But where's the money going to come from? Oh, I, I, I agree. The, I mean, the Royal Mail is making a loss because everyone who used to send things by parcel force is now using whatever Hermes is called this week, right? <laughs> there isn't the money. There is not the money to pay these wages. And, and, and workers are saying, well, we won't. it's not up to us to find the money. It's up to you to find the money because our work is valuable. Mm. But you've got to see it from both sides. I hate this stuff about, oh, we clapped for them, now we can't pay them. Because that's it's not the same thing. It's not, we value them. We value our nurses. We value our teachers. They matter. But money has to come from somewhere. I, I think I ranted. <laughs> <laughs> a Tetonian rant. Um, no, I agree. With, I, <laughs> this is a challenge I want the government to face, is how we pay for these guys who supported us? Yeah, as you said, if the if the richest of the rich were were, you know, get richer, but as long as as well as as long as the essential workers were supported, the essential people were supported, and I think the the ballot, you know, the budget needs to 
in my point of view, represent that and how we're going to support these people. I think there is work to be done. I, you know, I, I see what Tatton's saying about the round, but there is work to be done about business structures and business models and shareholders and their payments and middle management. And, you know, there there is definitely some rescaling of some of these structures, these big, 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 you know, giant national structures to be done to, to see, you know, are the people who are, doing the most important work getting a fair deal and i can't remember if it was shell or bp one of the high ups in shell bp said uh, taxes <laughs> yeah yeah taxes <laughs> but this is this is because there's two things going on here there's companies you know quorn are a company and that so that that's a separate issue to the nurse and the teachers who are paid by the state right so nurse and teachers pay every penny of that comes from tax so how do we find that money but that's what I'm saying about finding the money. The the you know oil companies are saying taxes that puts more money into the budget, which gives hopefully trickle down economics or whatever <laughs> terminology. Well, you. no, I mean that that's straight into the tax coffers to pay. But I mean, what often happens is that they in the end agree with a, for a teacher's pay rise, and then they don't give the school any more money. So the school has to find ways of doing it. Listen, my my life literally. I've since we since we've been away, I was in hospital. I was very very sick. And the NHS saved my life in June. Like literally, they said I was dying. I value the the work the NHS does as much as anyone else in in the country. Like it was. What can I say? What can I say to 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 show how much they saved my life? I would pay them a million pounds each a day. Yeah. If I, like I I I would. I would let them. They could all have chauffeur driven cars into work. They were. They are such heroes. They work such long shifts, and they keep positive and smiling, even when I'm delusional and shouting at them because I can't. I'm so confused and I'm so ill. They keep being positive and friendly. I mean, I'm told this by people who visited me because I don't remember it at all. But how can we find that money? That's that's the vital question. Maybe they do need to withhold their labour to push the envelope a bit further to get the government to find the money. But finding extra... How many people work for the NHS? I have no idea how many people work for the NHS, right? So even a tiny pay rise costs a heck of a lot of money. Mm. So where are we going to get the money from to pay them? That maybe we could have a windfall tax on energy, but then the money from a windfall tax on energy is spent so many different times. You go, oh, well, we'll cap energy prices. Oh, well, we'll pay nurses more. Oh, well, we'll do this, that, and the other, all covered by the same 20 billion. You can only spend money once if you're the government. Let's talk about how the shape of the government looks over the past few days. Post number two, Suella Braveman, who had been Home Secretary for 43 days, has left the role. Diane, this is yours to lead on. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So a lot to say about this one, really. Apparently the shortest serving Home Secretary since the war, I, I believe, Swilla Braverman. But she is someone who has made the headlines in her very short time for a number of reasons, but primarily because she sits firmly to the right of the Conservative Party. You know, at the party conference, she talked and it made a lot of headlines about 
her dream of sending flights of people to Rwanda. That was, you know, something she said was actually an ambition of hers to get planes off the ground. And then this week, when she brought a public order bill um, to the Commons, she talked about protesters being all sorts of labels, including Guardian reading, tofu eating. She's fairly outspoken gives great headlines for headline writers um, because of the, you know, the way she speaks and presents, you know, the, the stuff that she feels strongly about. Needless to say, when we posted about her resignation, it was extremely popular because she's not a figure who a lot of people want in there as Home Secretary. The interesting thing is when we posted, we didn't really know the full story. Why had she gone? Was she pushed? What Did she resign? And that's sort of all come out in the last 24 hours. So it seems to be a technicality, I'd call it that, where she... That's the the official line. The official line, a technicality. She um, (laughs) copied the wrong person in and used her personal email, which as Home Secretary, you know, you can... That's a real faux pas, right? But... There are all sorts of of rumours going round, you know, that um, normally that might be, you know, a slap on the wrist, but not necessarily something you went for. There are people saying that she kind of might have even done it on purpose just to go because she sees herself as potentially someone who could be a leader if Liz Truss goes. So all sorts of things spilling round about this. Another, Another one is that she's gone to potentially make way for a more Jeremy Hunt friendly person to come in, which we have Grant Shapps, um, <laughs> who, who this morning on BBC News, I heard described as a Trojan horse, which is uh, amazing, amazing stuff. Are people going to run out of his tummy? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I know. If he was like in the cabinet and suddenly broke open and lots of little people <laughs> ran out and uh, captured captured the cabinet table (laughs) yeah but I think leaving the sweller thing one of the things just to to take away from it was her resignation letter okay which all these resignation letters are are usually posted on twitter as as, you know as soon as they're written see like had a field day with his resignation yeah and this one's no exception (laughs) it's um there's quite a few digs in there she raises concerns about the direction of the government the the government she was just part of she definitely left with some bad blood there, I think we could say. Taylor Swift could be singing that in the background. Interesting times. I, I think they are. I just want to add, I mean, add is, is, is that a lot of SP followers were, that weren't keen on on her being being the Home Secretary. And there's quite a lot of schadenfreude, uh, quite a lot of delight at her departure because I think she was quite insulting to a lot of people and people get upset by that stuff because you can't start just just mouthing off about, you know, Guardian reading people, woke karate. Like a lot of people do do read The, the Guardian or don't hate The Guardian. Like it, seemed, it, it was a very odd thing to say, but... At party conference, they loved her speech. Her speech went down an absolute storm. There are lots of conservatives who think she's amazing. A lot of conservatives back the flights to Rwanda. A lot of conservatives, because it's what people believe in. Because Rwanda is a safe country. They say Rwanda is a safe country. And why should people come here 
when we can take them to another safe country and they can be processed there and processed in time. And if they if they haven't got a valid asylum claim, then they can be deported from there. And it's all done. People like it. They will feel like the country, the conservative members of an elected Liz Truss, with everyone knew Kwasi Kwarteng was going to be the chancellor. Suella Braverman was a supporter and was knocking around. That was the feeling that they wanted. A conference, people rallied round Braverman, Quasi. They rallied round cleverly the foreign secretary, and they rallied round the prime minister. These are the people that they wanted and they voted for. So it's quite a kick in the teeth to have Jeremy Hunt, who was the first one knocked out of the Conservative leadership race, and now Grant Shapps. It's a kick in the teeth to those Conservatives who voted and wanted the trust way. So we head on to the most popular post this week. That is. I mean, the most popular post this week, you'll be pleased to know I won't rant about. <laughs> the public order bill is going through the Commons at the moment. In fact, it's finished going through the Commons. And it was amended, which means it was changed, to introduce 150-metre buffer zones around abortion clinics in England and Wales. So you can't, you can't go and stand outside an abortion clinic and shout at people going in for an abortion. And it passed by miles and miles and miles. And people think it's a great thing. We had... 33,000 likes on that post. Um, people Whoa. really support it. It's now got to go through the House of Lords. I think there's almost zero chance of the Lords taking that out. But the problem is the Lords will take out other bits of that bill because it's a very controversial bill. So it will go back to the Commons and the Commons will have the opportunity if the Prime Minister, whomsoever that may be, at that point... If Prime Minister Hunt wants to take it out, it can be taken out when it's back in the Commons. We don't see so much of this in the UK, at least when we typically think of, when I typically think about people protesting outside abortion clinics, we're thinking about the US and we're thinking about the protests against Roe versus Wade. And I'm thinking about the films like Juno, for example, where there's literally people like screaming in your face. I didn't know this was so much of a thing in the UK, so I'm glad this buffer zone has been introduced 150 metres. It's, it's a tough thing for for women to go through if they decide to go for an abortion and to have people who don't know their names even that much about them about their lives to to be you know screaming in the faces as, as they take one of the toughest steps choices in their lives i'm glad this has been taken i'm glad the sp uh, readers have given it their vote as well with thirty-three thousand. that's that's well done guys i think that's a testament to you all does that make sense yeah you see i do like to put in the opposing view go on there are 110 who MPs who voted against it. This is a lot of the comments in the in the SP feed, wasn't it? Who are the 110? Name and shame. I think that people struggle with the idea. People on the left are generally saying we should be allowed to protest everywhere and we should be allowed to lock on and we should be allowed to be a nuisance. And then they're saying, oh, except for specific geography places it is about civil rights. It's about, you can't tell me where I can or can't be doing what is a, what is legal elsewhere. That's, that's why people voted against it. It's the libertarian right who want more freedom. The 110 who voted against it are all conservative and the Democratic Unionist Party. That's, that's who made up that 110. Anyone go into access a medical procedure needs to not be subject to you know harassment and intimidation that's that's the bottom line 
And it's something that, as you say, I know, Kobe, you talked about the US, but this this does happen, does happen in the UK. And, you know, before, like years ago, a couple of years ago, Ealing Council already had to bring this in because there was so much trouble outside a clinic there. You know, so this is a, a step in the right direction. Well, guys, we're going on to a new section for the podcast. This is the mailbag. This is where we hand the reins over to the readers and listeners, and uh, they get a chance to ask the questions to myself as illiterate and you guys as the professionals and the professionals. So this is the first time we're doing this, and in subsequent weeks, we might ask you guys to actually send voice notes in, because I think it'd be quite interesting to hear your voices. It'd be lovely. As well as to read your comments. The first question is, is there any positive news? <laughs> <laughs> from our government. Okay, well, here's my take on that. And, and Tatum, please do come in and correct me. <laughs> but as we talked about earlier, the thing grabbing all the headlines and all the attention, the things, should I say, are uh, the infighting, the, uh, you know, everything that's going on in kind of Westminster. But below that, you know, there's a whole raft of committees, civil servants, things happening that, yes, there are still good things going on. There are. And it depends. What what do you think is a, is good news or not good news, you know? There are some policies announced this week. There's, um, you know, if you're not a fan of noise pollution, for example, there is a, a policy about um, being able to catch people who use illegal exhausts and rev their engines, you know, at traffic lights. You know, if you're a big fan of that, maybe that's something, you know, you thought was a good thing this week. So, yes, there is more going on. There is always more going on than what we see at a very um, headline based view. I completely agree with you, Diane, that um, it's about what you think is good. The public order bill we were just talking about is there to stop people locking on, is there to stop people disrupting. You know, I had a sofa due to be delivered the other day and it couldn't be delivered because the Dartford crossing was closed because two people had climbed up onto the bridge. Now, the Conservative government would say, we've got to stop that. We've got to stop that right now because people need to be allowed to get on with their regular lives. We're not trying to stop strike action. We're not trying to stop protests, but we cannot allow Tatton to not have his sofa. That, that is an abhorrent, gross misuse of the civil liberties we have, right? They're very concerned about my comfort, my sitting comfort. If you believe that's a good thing, that's a positive thing from our government. You know, our government is just putting bills through. Like, that's how it works. They believe fracking is good because we cannot stay dependent on Russian gas and oil. We're going to continue working towards our carbon neutral future. But right now, we still need gas and we don't want to be buying it from Vladimir Putin. That's why fracking is so important now. That's why they're going back. That's why they're changing for their manifesto promise, because this wasn't a thing back then. So positive. What is positive? What's good for the goose isn't necessarily good for the gander, is what you're saying. Yes. Oh, and the energy price guarantee, they would say, is the most important thing they've done since they've been in government. That's all this trust ever says, isn't it? Yeah, she loves it. She loves it. So that's something <laughs> positive. She would say, if, you, if she sat down in front of us now and said, right, what positive thing are you doing? She'd be like, well, I needed to act, and I acted on the energy price guarantee. Number two in the mailbag. What the hell's going on? Well, thank you very much, Elle. Um, what the hell is going on? Diane Tatton. Diane. 
Oh my God, I don't know. Okay, on to the next question. Why do pineapples... Uh, you know, I'm only, I'm literally, <laughs> I'm only reading like an average few hundred articles, watching rolling news constantly. And yeah, it's completely beyond me to get it into a succinct one sentence here. I think earlier today, earlier on on this uh, on this podcast, I was talking about the co- that context, that context since the coalition government came in, how we became unprecedented. So that's what the hell's going on. It's it's it, it, it's really tricky, and social media plays its part, and there's all kinds of things that mean that politics isn't cohesive. It's difficult when the Conservative membership vote for the party leader. And a lot of people say that Rishi Sunak had a better run at the end of the race. But lots, most people, if you get a ballot sheet through, most people just send it off, right? So Liz Truss is riding high at the beginning. That's where you need to be riding high. And then uh, she, she, she got through. So we see a small group of people electing a prime minister. And it turns out it doesn't work. I mean, Rishi Sunak said... Hello, I'm Violet Manners. And welcome to Hidden Heritage, the podcast that brings you inside Great Britain's favourite destinations. From the same team that brought you the number one history podcast, Duchess, Hidden Heritage will uncover the fascinating stories behind the UK's brightest shining hidden gems. You'll hear from top experts in British heritage, including custodians, historians, artisans, experts, and even the craftsmen and restorers who've worked on some of the most celebrated historic buildings. We will share the untold and unique stories that celebrate UK heritage, from landmarks to architecture, artifacts to myths and legends. Hidden Heritage will highlight a side to British history you have never seen before. I'm your host, Violet Manners, and founder of Heritage X, and I invite you all to join us on this exciting journey. This is Hidden Heritage. You can find Hidden Heritage wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you do these policies, you're going to mess the country up. And they're like, no, it's okay. And everyone went, oh, you're just project fear. It doesn't matter. And then uh, she did the policies and uh, it all went a bit wrong. Okay, guys. So we've had lots and lots of questions. There's an interesting question from someone who sent the same question to Jeremy Vine, but he didn't cover it. We will get to you, but... A lot of very pressing, important questions were related to what could happen vis-a-vis the general election being triggered or otherwise. And I think it's good to talk about that here, guys. So, uh, Diane Tatton, what could happen in the next few weeks, months regarding a general election? Right now, the polls suggest that the Conservative Party could go from hundreds of MPs to 30 MPs. The SNP would be the main opposition if the polls are correct. And Labour would have, I mean, just a huge whopping great majority. The Conservatives do not want a general election now. They don't want it. To go back on it, this is why they ousted Boris Johnson, because they saw the direction the Conservative Party was going and felt that it would be unelectable if they continued with Boris Johnson as PM. Uh, and if they did call a general election, then, as we said, they'd be decimated, more than decimated. So obviously that's the reason for why they don't want to call a general election. But what could trigger it? What could actually, is there anything that could cause one to happen? For one to be triggered, there would have to be a no confidence vote in the government. So Labour can call a no confidence vote, but they won't win it without Conservative MPs support. Because the Conservative Party have what's called a majority, which means they have more MPs 
than anybody else. In fact, over half the MPs in the House of Commons are conservative MPs. So without a significant number, 40 odd, I think, of conservative MPs voting against Liz Truss, against this government, you can't pass a vote of no confidence. And if a vote of no confidence does pass, the prime minister has two weeks. In fact, anyone has two weeks to see if they can command a, a positive vote in the House. So Liz Truss would go away and do some stuff and come back and they'd have another vote in her. And if, the, and, and if that passes, then nothing happens. And if it fails, if, then there's a general election. And that's what some people anticipated might happen with the fracking vote last night, right? That if enough Conservative MPs had come across and voted with Labour, that may have triggered something, which obviously it didn't, because enough people still voted with the government last night. A general election could be called, but we have to be in super unprecedented times. I think, <laughs> yeah, for, for the Conservative MPs right now, to vote in a way that could lead to a general election is almost unthinkable because they know, they know that um, they and their colleagues would be voted out. There are some people in Labour too, though, who don't want a general election right right now because what a lot to take on, you know, that, that economic situation, all of the energy crisis, inflation being at 10.1%, all of that, do Labour really want to take that on right now or would they also rather wait till things potentially settle down in a year or so you know that that's another question that's it yeah because when you get into power you want to be there for a good whack of time not a single five-year term that's a really good point okay guys well let's head on to the third section uh in this revised format this is pm watch you may have heard the um, letters on live stream on certain newspapers when to see if the letters can outlast Liz Trust. This is our classy take on it uh, to see what's actually going on with the PM. This is PM Watch. Saturn, where do you want to go in this? You know, she became prime minister. So they, they did the mini budget. I mean, it was all quite delayed because of Her Majesty's passing. The mini budget happened. It all went to shit. <laughs> she was quite quick to, to blame Kwasi Kwarteng for it. Maybe it was inevitable at that point that she was going to go, he was going to go, and then he did go. Yeah, and then obviously we've got Jeremy Hunt, who completely is coming from a different place in the Conservative Party to Liz Truss. Um, and he he gave the, the revised budget, the new budget. A lot of people say that he's now actually the one wielding the power in number 10, and um, Liz has been told to speak as little as possible and do as little damage as possible. Um, but, you know, the biggest takeaway, I think, from yesterday, this was uh, Prime Minister's questions, is she has said she is a fighter, not a quitter. So she isn't going to go quietly. I find that really interesting because um, I'm a quitter, not a fighter. So that's the difference between Liz Truss and me. I think quitting is a legitimate thing. If you know you're not, if you, if it's, things aren't working out for you, it's you know why waste any more time? Yeah, we shall see. We, I mean, it's going to be interesting. The, by the time this podcast even comes out, guys, we record on a Thursday morning. We don't know if the prime minister is going to be there. By the time the next episode comes out, realistically, there's a good chance that we may not have a, a prime minister. She'll be there. She'll be there next week. She'll be there at Christmas. The lettuce will be mulch. She stays on because there's no one else. People don't, no one wants Prime Minister Hunt particularly. So she stays. 
She 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 does whatever she can to settle the storm. Like she is a fighter, and by fighter she means pragmatist. She means she'll compromise. She means she will do what is necessary to stick on because the country needs stability, is what she'll say. And she will persuade if she has to go around and have a cup of tea with absolutely every one of them, she will persuade them to settle down and she'll learn from it. I think if there was a clear path to somebody else taking over, it would have happened already. She'd be gone. Well, let's see. Mulch or PM uh, this time next week. Uh, let's, let's see how it's going. On to the final section, guys, the crystal ball. What will be the big stories coming up next week? What will we be talking about in next week's podcast? Diane. Oh, it's got to just be more of this. We're going to still be in limbo next week. We're not going to be at the 31st. We're not going to have had the economic statement. So it's going to be more of this. It's going to be more of it. We'll find out what happened to the the people as well who, who didn't vote with the government last night on fracking. So there were a number of Conservative MPs who actually, who, who didn't vote with the government. Um, they were threatened with uh, repercussions from that. And that's hopefully going to come out over the next 24, 48 hours, what happens to, to them. And again, that could be a real turning point. There could be a lot of anger if it's seen as being too harsh or, you know, does Liz Truss, you know, show that she's really not got a grip on things and just let it slide? You know, that's uh, all to come out. Quasi quarting was one of the people that voted again that didn't turn up to vote. Oh, okay. Pretty Patel didn't turn up to vote. So these these are big names, alliterative names. Yeah, all the people who didn't turn up to vote have alliterative <laughs> names, which is quite the coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Tatum, what's your crystal ball? This time next week, we will be at fever pitch excitement for the Halloween statement. It's going to be so amazing. Just this pre-match, pre-game time uh, experience. I can't wait. I've got my children that weekend and they can't wait to hear the economic theories that we're going to get. Um, it's all just too exciting for words. All right, guys, thank you so much. This is um, the first in a new season of the Simple Politics Podcast. We'll be running through till Christmas. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Do pay attention to the feed because that's where we'll ask you to hand your questions in. We'll start reading out the comments for the top posts as well. It's been a pleasure to talk to you guys. It's been a while and it's been a pleasure to hear from you guys as the listeners and readers of this podcast. So we'll see you next week. See you next week. It's lovely to be back. Cheers all. Bye.